Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our podcast offers friendly conversations with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by Autism Spectrum Therapies and the Learn AST Provider Network. Now, here is your host, Rob Howe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Autism Talk. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, um, Executive Vice President at Learn Behavioral, uh, ABA provider, providing um, services, resources to families and individuals with autism all across the country. Um, really excited about today's show. Today's one of those just great shows where I feel like we get to really get a sense of how one person can really make a difference. Um, you know, so many of these great programs and resources and organizations that that we get to talk to on this show and, and that I get to come into contact with across the country just start with one person, one person who kind of has an idea of saying something can be done different, something can be done better. Um, there's something that I wish I had when my child was diagnosed that I want to be able to pass along. And today's show is exactly that, and, and it's a great example of it. Uh, so today I am um, joined by the founder and executive director of Autism Resource Mom, a nonprofit organization that provides support, guidance, and hope to families of individuals with autism spectrum disorder. Uh, Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rob. I'm happy to be here. Um, so, you know, the first thing I, I wanted to kind of know about is like, you know, what, what motivated you to start this? How did you start, you know, Autism Resource Mom? My motivation comes from my, my fella, Drew. Drew is, is our son. And I think back when, when we got his diagnosis, when he was about three and a half years old, um, I think that shifted my life um, mm-hmm. and my future. I probably didn't know it at the time, but um, I quit my job in corporate America and um, I used to be in public relations and marketing mm-hmm. and communication. And I decided that um, it would be a good idea to focus every, all of my time on, on that one person, <laughs> Drew. And over the years, um, that grew into um, more than a one-person effort and I started um, sharing what I was learning, um, learning about autism with other families mm-hmm. and helping them along the way, too. Are there things, you know, along this journey, you know, are there things you kind of learned? Are, are there, are there, you know, we hear like things like Autism Speaks as their first 100 days. Like, are there critical things like that? Like, hey, these are critical benchmarks, critical things as a parent you find coming up again and again that like every parent with a kid with autism really needs to like keep in mind or, or be prepared for? Um, the simple answer is yes. <laughs> um, of course, there's like, like back when my son was first diagnosed, that was quite a few yeah. years ago because he's going on 22 now. But um, the earlier you diagnose the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along the way, um, I mean, it seems that we have short windows of opportunity um, to mm-hmm. make important changes for our kids. 
So, um, you know, in the years before they get to school, I think those are important mm-hmm. years. And, um, and then once you're in school, um, like my son went through, you know, public education and he was, he was mainstreamed in gen ed. Um, the IEPs, um, um, that whole system, I'm so glad to be done with that because that's a nightmare for any parent. Um, yeah. They'll tell you. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And there are benchmarks um, along the way, definitely. And I think Autism Speaks has done a wonderful job with their the first 100 days. Um, those are great resources, all of their toolkits. They are. Nice. Yeah, I'm curious. You mentioned your son is now 22. You know, I have a friend. Her son um, is in his mid-20s. You know, one of the conversations we have a lot is how have things changed, you know, in, in, in 20 years of a system developing, um, especially here in California where we've had the, the migrations from regional center to school districts to now insurance and Medi-Cal, um, she always talks with me about all the different changes she's seen. I mean, are there, when you started this journey 20 years ago and, and probably as much over the last six years as, as your organization has been around, you know, are there, are there key things you've seen change or are there, are there big changes you've seen in terms of how a parent may be today navigates through a system or, or resources that a parent needs to be aware of compared to when, when you first started um, navigating the system when Drew was diagnosed? I think there are far more resources available now than there were when we were first embarking on this. Um, it was, and it, I mean, it wasn't as prevalent I was told yeah. by other parents, you know, who who had um, kids on the spectrum, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone wow. your son's autistic, and um, that just wasn't the way I rolled. Um, I wore it on my yeah. sleeve. I, I thought that with teachers and anyone that my son had, you know, interface with, the more they knew, the better they could work with him. You know, um, everything about our kids is, you know, they have unexpected behaviors, unexpected reactions. Um, Everything about them is unexpected. So I thought to myself, again, not knowing anything, I was just winging it. But I said, I don't want my son's um, behaviors, you know, autistic behaviors to be summarily dismissed as, um, bad behavior, you know, by a teacher. Um, he, he can't help, you know, the way he behaved. It was, you know, it was part of his diagnosis, part of his challenge. So I thought the more information I could give them, the better. And yes, um, I would have to share the fact that, yeah, my son, you know, is autistic. And so, yeah, I became, me and my son became, I think, the poster people for for autism during his, especially grade school years. And that, yeah. to me, is it's so different now um, because they have special programs, they have special offerings, and, you know, often I'll daydream and say, gee, I wish something like this was around, you know, when I was 
I felt like I was groping in the dark, you know, trying to find my way. And um, same with like the, the types of programs and activities and supports that we as an organization offer. There wasn't anything because that's why I created this. Um, yeah. Because I there was there was nothing like it, and I knew my son needed it, and I thought I bet I can find some other families in the same boat, and for sure, I did. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I mean, how much? It sounds like a, a large part of Autism Resource Mom really is the things you wish you had. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, like what are the resources or what are the, the information that you kind of like you had to learn it the hard way? Yes. Um, I mean, at the time I felt there was no one I could turn to, no one to tell me you're not alone. Um, you're not the yeah. first one to walk this path, but I, I felt like I was every single battle I fought. I felt that I was fighting it alone. Unless you can find, yeah. you know, you go in like with an advocate, of course you can find that. But it's it's nice to have um, just other parents because other parents feel it the way no one else, no professional feels it the way we do. Right. I'm not discounting professionals, but they are not, you know, living it, breathing it, sleeping it the way that parents do. Um, so when I, you know, we have several support groups every single month. And wow. when we get a room full of parents together, it's so wonderful because if there's a newcomer to the group, you know, and somebody says, you know, oh, you know, I'd like to talk about the issue of, you know, my son and hygiene. And then some people mm -hmm. You know, they're a little bit, um, they don't want to say that, oh, yeah, that's a problem. But then everybody starts laughing and says, yeah, my son doesn't like to shower either. And then, you know, it's like, oh, okay, so yeah. that's okay to say. And and then they they feel better, better about themselves, better about their kid, that, okay, he's not so different. You know, they're not. <laughs> and it's it's it shows me that there's such strength in numbers and parents yeah. um, can learn. I mean, every kid is different, you know, definitely, but we can learn from others, you know, like, okay, my, when my kid went through his, um, you know, hygiene issue, I talked with other parents and get their input and get some of their strategies or what they tried to do when they were in the same situation and it's so yeah. neat to have it coming from another parent and not um and not coming from a professional and again i don't mean to um denigrate anything about the professional side because we of course we need that but yeah. to hear it from another parent who is actually um applied something and the practical knowledge i guess is is invaluable and um when parents leave my group and say you've given me hope um those are goosebump moments for me and i mean i don't mean to be selfish about it but that's that's what i wish i had because i had no um 
other kid, I guess, to or, or you know, family to look up to and say, okay, that's what we're shooting for. You know, it's always good mm-hmm. to have, you know, keep your eye on the mm-hmm. prize. And because that wasn't there for me, and I'm not moaning about that, but I'm just saying, you know, it wasn't there for sure. me. So if we're able in any way, and we have all different, we have families who have kids all different ages from people who are brand new to the diagnosis with toddlers and people who've lived with it for a while, like me, and we've got parents who have, you know, kids in their 30s. And so we have all ages, and it's so nice when we get a parent coming in and, you know, maybe has a kid who's who's in grade school, and then there's other parents talking about their kids who are in their 20s and 30s, and they're like, oh, he has a driver's license? He goes to college? He has a job? And then, you know, I I see them getting teary-eyed, because, and I I know exactly what's going through their heads. They're like, oh, you know, I didn't even know that I could put that on the radar screen. And, you know, that's part of what we're here for. So that's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, listening to you, it kind of, you know, I put it to myself as a a dad, and, you know, I I have a – I have a friend every Sunday, pretty much, we get together, uh, we essentially sit down, we have a beer together, maybe have a bite to eat, and it's like a little time where like one dad whose kid is a little bit older than the other dads can kind of talk about, okay, we're dads with little girls, and like, let's just kind of share experience. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, what, what was your daughter like at one o'clock, at one year old when she was trying to do this, or tell me about what potty training was yeah. like and, and it's it's amazing to me how valuable like that you know 45 minutes a week we we get together and catch up and just you know talk and having that just as a, just as a parent period just having that friend who you can kind of talk to about parenting stuff who gets the perspective who's not your spouse who who's kind of in the trenches with you but Absolutely. It's that shared experience. Like I think we as professionals, to your point, like we lose sight of that sometimes. Like I feel like we're always like, well, you know, this parent is struggling in this way. Well, maybe we need to get them this type of therapy or this type of resource, <laughs> or maybe the kid needs this. And maybe what at the end of the day, just like any other human being, it's like maybe they just really need a friend who they can talk to who gets what it's like in their own way to be them. Oh, I I mean, that's invaluable. And of course, along with the other therapies and interventions and and those things, those are, those are part of the formula, of course, but um, just human connection and interaction, I think is, is priceless in, in this case. And it just seems like there are great parallels, you know, even for the neurotypical population. Because Absolutely. when you can relate and say that, yeah, you know, my son struggles with this, but, you know, I always, you know, my son has anxiety, but I always, mm-hmm. you know, make him do stuff because and push through the anxiety because once he gets to the other side, he's like, oh, I'm so glad you made me do that, Mom, um, because I had a blast or whatever. 
And um, so then other parents take note and, you know, Mm -hmm. they say, okay, well, maybe I should push my son. And it's like, well, you know your son better than I do, but, you know, listen to some of these anecdotes and stories from, from other parents. And I think they walk away with, with so many um, easily implemented new strategies you know, that they can try with their kid and, yeah. and I, you know, that they can, you know, put into their toolkit. And I think mm-hmm. that's important. So um, I like to think that, you know, we arm, um, um, I'm doing air quotes, arm uh, parents with, <laughs> with that kind of information on the, on the support side, you know. Yeah. And then the other, you know, part of what we do is, um, the activities, and I like to say we provide opportunities for social connection for individuals um, on the spectrum because, as you know, they don't happen organically like they might with the yeah. typical population, and our kids are human beings. They want to be social, but um, usually, you know, their anxieties, their whatever, um they have issues that just don't allow them to do it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my my son wants to, but he's just like, oh, I'm too anxious, I'm too anxious. And it's like, yeah, I know. I know you're anxious. I'm anxious too. So I acknowledge yeah. his his fears, and I say, let's be anxious together. Let's go do this thing and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, with my kid, I'll, I'll always give him an out. I'll say, you know, I've never, I've never steered you wrong, and this isn't going to cause you bodily harm. Yeah, you might be uncomfortable, but so what about that? And at least give me, you know, 20 minutes. Give me 20 minutes to try this, whatever it is. And if it's totally horrible, at least you did 20 minutes, and, and that's a success right there. So. 20 minutes, or I, I know my son, <laughs> and if he has 20 minutes of something, he's, he's there. Yeah. So um, there's no way he's going to leave. And then it's, it's like probably 99.9% of the time, it's, he's fine. And then the way he, um, you know, communicates with me is he texts me. So then after the event, mm-hmm. whatever it was, he will text me and say, Oh, I had a blast tonight. Thanks so much for making me go. Um, let's do it again soon. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah, great. That's another success. And and then I acknowledge and and I I make him mindful of the fact that. Remember, um, at the beginning of this, you were anxious and you were worried, and you did it anyway. And um, I'm glad you didn't let your anxiety prevent you from having a good time. So maybe mm-hmm. over time he'll, I don't know, I think he'll, he'll always have anxiety, but sure. um, I think there are ways to deal with it. So I think he's doing good. Well, I mean, I think that's, look, this, this concept of anxiety, like I, I, I find it actually on a, on a personal level just because of uh, a lot of people in my family have uh high levels of anxiety. Some of them have more of a, a I guess, a diagnosis of, of anxiety um, or social anxiety, and, and, and they struggle with that. And, you know, it's, it's something that 
for those reasons, I've always kind of been more interested in learning about how do you treat, um, how do we work with that, um, especially in, in our community because, you know, so many kids with autism, as they get older, they start to um, have much higher levels of anxiety. Um, yeah. You know, you, obviously there's a lot of research. UCLA's done a ton um, over the years looking at actually, you know, kids with Asperger's um, disorder and, and their correlation between anxiety levels in puberty um, and post-puberty. And so I think everything you were just saying, like to me, it makes perfect sense, and and I and I think it does make a difference. Like, I don't think anxiety ever goes away. Um, I think there's a lot of things that don't just go away, but you learn how to cope with it. You learn how to yeah. accept it. You know, I have one family member who who would say, you know, I'm anxious all the time, um, but I've learned all of these great strategies of how to deal with it. And do exactly, you know, things like you just said is your son's doing. I'm going to have a text message. I'm going to talk to this person. Uh, I'm going to um, make sure I give myself little breaks is, is something that my family member will do. Just kind of step out. Um, I, I think yeah. all those things go a, a, a long way. And they're not necessarily what I love about everything you're saying is it's like it's not all about I'm with this professional therapist it's your son's support system helping your son as well as maybe some professional tips and strategies he's been given along the way. Yes, yes. And the the coping skills, um, yeah. I've seen my, my son make great strides in just both both me and him being aware of of his struggles. Um, I like to call them struggles, not disabilities, because he's certainly not disabled. Um, um, he's quite capable, but he has he has hiccups, you know, along the way. And when when I propose to other parents, because they'll say, "Well, I want to get my son to your events, but he's he's so anxious," and he, I suggest saying to them, "Take." baby steps, you know, and I, I don't mean to dumb it down, but um, if if your son is way too anxious to join us, drive yeah. by the place where we meet. Um, drive, you know, maybe you have to do that for a few weeks. I, every, everybody's different. Then sit in the yeah. parking lot and then come in and tell them it's five minutes. Walk through the place. Nobody mm -hmm. is going to look at you twice. Okay, this is all cool stuff. And then mm -hmm. maybe stay 10 minutes. Um, again, however long this has to take, I always say throw, you know, the calendar out the window. The schedule does not matter. Um, we, mm -hmm. Our goal is to get each individual comfortable. And so we have to meet them where they are. And, and then work up from there. And if it takes, you know, a couple of years to do it, it's fine. It, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter because at the end, um, it's, it's going to benefit them eventually. Mm -hmm. And some kids will be able to do that. Some kids will be able to do that quicker than others. And, and again, so what? But um, over the years, um, my son has found yoga. And 
Um, at first, right. I think he was in it because um, the instructor was cute and he was kind of sweet on her. <laughs> so it's like, okay. As great. good of a reason as any to start. Yeah. <laughs> Look, every um, every young man has had that moment where we we join something because there's a cute girl in there, and you know, like it, I get it, I'm with him. And it's like, okay, fine, if that's what gets you to yoga, do it. But then um, it was actually therapeutic for him because he would learn mm-hmm. calming poses and everything. And so when he would get mad yep. at me. Um, because I was probably mad at him, <laughs> we're human, um, he would go into the living room and go into a pose, and he would say, stay out, yeah. stay out of here, um, you know, I'm relaxing. And he is still doing yoga to this day, so I guess it wasn't awesome. just a pretty face. Um, yeah. But it's, he knows that he needs it, and I'm thrilled that he has that self-awareness you know, and um, he doesn't enjoy being anxious, um, but Mm -hmm. it's part of him. So um, he has, you know, all these different things. He's he's in talk therapy that helps him. And Mm -hmm. um, he knows that he has to eat regularly because if he doesn't, you know, he's got low blood sugar Mm -hmm. and and then Mm -hmm. anxiety rises and, and all that stuff. But being aware um, you know, first, I guess the parent has to be aware of that stuff and then, yeah. you know, pass it on to the kid. And then, you know, hopefully the kid can, um, you know, nurture himself or herself, you know, with that throughout their life. And that's, I think that's one of our goals. So. You know, you, you talked about these, the different programs um, that, that you offer for um, individuals on the spectrum themselves. You know, uh, you have a, a teen night. You've got some independent living workshops. You know, from a, less from a therapeutic side and a little bit more from, like, kind of a organizational side, um, I mean, I, I know you're a nonprofit. I mean, how do you th- – this seems like a challenge. I mean, the, the, the concept of these is, is – Amazing, and I'm already kind of like in my mind as a professional, kind of being like, oh, "What a nice, interesting continuum of services someone could get in their teenage years between the school, potentially some therapies, these workshops, these social activities, etc." Um, but I'm just curious. This can't be easy to put together, let alone to fund. Um, so, from like more of an organizational <laughs> side, you know, how do you, how do you how do you put all this together? Because you know, it, you started off, as you said, you were, you were one person starting off to do all of this. Like, you know, is, is it community partnerships? Is it donations? You know, how, how does this all work? Well, it, it first started, it was, it was just us. And, um, yeah. you know, we were self-funded. And yeah. we have um, generous family and friends who, who would help us there. And then as, and then, I mean, when we started, we started small. Um, We had one activity, um, and I think, thinking back, it was was our teen night. That's all we offered. We offered, you know, teen night once once a month. And then um, parents would come to that with their kids and say, this is really great. Now what are we supposed to do for the rest of the weeks of the month? You know, this is, this is one, this is the first Friday. What do we do with the rest of our days? 
So um, it dawned on me that we had to start building and start growing the organization. So, again, we're all volunteers, and it's, it's a group of parents helping parents. So we, I, I started recruiting people, um, trying to find people as passionate about it as I am, and, and they're out there. And it's, it's, we, I think we put together a, a good crew. And, and, yes, we do have some strategic partnerships with, um, with other organizations, with, with other groups. Um, there's the Chuck Jones Center for Creativity. They're a wonderful organization, <clears throat> and we have quarterly um, creativity workshops with them where like a an art night they bring in art educators and different supplies so there's there's different mediums that the kids can work in and the kids can just sit there for a few hours and create things it's wonderful um because some some kids may not be really verbal but they're very talented when it comes to painting or drawing or constructing Mm -hmm. and it's it's just a neat thing to see. I've learned that my, my husband um, cannot paint worth anything, but he always has to sit there and paint some sort of portrait of someone. And, and it's like, please, you're, you're embarrassing yourself. But um, he likes to get right in and do it too. And, and then my son, who's not really into art that way he likes to run around and pretend that he's running you know (laughs) running the whole thing so I let him you know do that and but it's you know that's a fun thing that we do quarterly and um and for other events Mm -hmm. um we just team up with like for our teen nights um we've been doing that for about four and a half years and we've partnered with um, College Living Experience here in Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful organization. Um, we feel quite lucky. Um, there's six of them in the country. I don't know if you're familiar with CLE. but Yeah, um, yeah definitely. It's like a college support um, uh, program that helps alternative learners and they've um, given us a venue for our um, teen night uh, for four and a half years. And they provide facilitators to work with the teens. And, and then um, during the time that the teens are having, you know, their fun nights, um, I work with the parents and we have sort of like a, um, a teen support group. So um, that works really, really well, and we have um, a fun time the first Friday of every month. And there are other groups that that have stood by us and and helped us, and we want to keep increasing that. And right now, um, we are funded by donations, and um, we've gotten um, a few like grants, but well, they're more like donations, I guess that's more accurate to say. But um, now that we've um, existed for more than five years, we can more easily go for, for grants from foundations sure. and organizations like that. 
That's awesome. Well, if you, That's if awesome. anybody out there feels compelled to um, to donate to us to allow us um, future sustainability, um, please do. <laughs> Go to our website. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, and you know, for everyone out there, uh, and we'll give it again at, uh, in in a little bit. But uh, I know your website is uh, www.autismresourcemom.org. Um, Correct. Yeah. And you know. What I kind of dug about it is, I mean, again, it's those, it's these little things that for me, like I just, it, at times it's it's the just how natural this, you know, probably not the best word, but like almost the simplicity, the 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 the, the normalcy of it is, you know, I was I was clicking on on your website earlier, and it's you know part of the the teen um, the teen group. It's like great, there's a meetup page, and everything yeah. is organized <laughs> that way, and it just. You know, as, as I think about it, um, and, and we kind of had this conversation with a guest um, recently, is you know, it's it doesn't have to all be completely different. Like thousands upon thousands of people have meetup pages, and and to be a teenager who is starting to access this, and like, yeah, like there's something very like typical of I'm going to a meetup page. I'm going to create this social engagement like there's so many different clubs out there are meeting that same exact way we, we are in a way through that like generalizing skills and teaching certain skills about how to join a group and, and now days joining Absolutely. a group is online <laughs> you know it's it's all online yes. so it's like I, I just like going through it all I, I thought that's kind of was like just my big impression of it it's just like like there's so much basic social skills in this approach of just how do you sign in? How do you get started? And I thought that was really cool. And some of the kids are better at it than their parents are, quite frankly. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I've got several <laughs> families who are still trying to um, figure out um, the the mechanics of Meetup. And I say, well, you can either have Meetup on, on your desktop or you can have it on your phone. That makes it really easy because if you're going to one of our events and you can't find it, you can – Contact yeah. me, and then I just get like a blank stare, and that's the parent. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I said, totally. Show your son. I bet your son could help you navigate that. And so I get a chuckle mm-hmm. out of that. But <laughs> I, I am, I am totally with you. It, it's um, we we had a guest recently who um, had created a, um, a a Minecraft site called Autcraft, and and I had that oh. moment throughout the entire show of. I don't know what this is. I, I have a nephew <laughs> who could tell me everything, and he's seven. But I'm I'm in this foreign <laughs> world. Uh, I was very honest with him about that, so I can relate to all of the parents that you're talking about because that that is me. It's I I am a very basic tech person. I think this podcast is as high tech as as, as I get. Okay. Um, um, you know, one one more thing I wanted to uh, kind of ask you a little bit about, and, and it it's it, I'm even more interested in um, after after chatting with you for this for the last 30 minutes. Um, you know, I know you um, you guys on your website have um, have uh, put together a book, you and your son, and um, after talking to you, I'm I'm even kind of more interested in it because I know in, in looking at it, it was. Um, 
you know, it's, it's titled um, not as much tips from you to parents, but it's, it's tips from Drew to yeah. other students. And, and, that, and that shared experience that we were talking about being so critical, um, you know, I was hoping you could maybe talk to us a little bit about kind of what that book is and, and also talk maybe whether it be from the book or, or within kind of these workshops you guys are doing, you know, again, how critical is that shared experience, um, whether it be for Drew to have other people he can connect to or for the different, you know, individuals who are coming and participating? Like, have you seen that same type of shared experience be as impactful for them as it's been for the parents that we were talking about? The whole shared experience um, thing that you're talking about is, I think it's crucial. Um, yeah. It's crucial on on various levels. Um, recently, we have a friend who is a a teacher at a local in a local school district, and a couple months ago, they were observing. I think it was, I don't think it was especially for autism, but it was diversity. And they were having a diversity week at the school. And, you know, she knows Drew. So she asked if, if he could put together, you know, a one minute video about some of the challenges that he faced when he was in grade school. Mm-hmm. So um, my husband is in the video business and everything. So, but he, I said, just make this down and dirty, you know, take your phone and record Drew saying something. So, you know, we, we put together, you know, a few bullet points and I said, use the book as your outline and the book that Drew and I put together um, came from his grade school years um, in a title, teaching my teacher about autism. But I said, tweak it a bit and just um, use it as, as like an outline for teaching my peers about autism. And it, it's flexible enough and it's, it's basic enough to be able to work on different levels. So, so Drew took, took the book and, and just picked out a few and said, uh, when, my, when my teacher takes or allows me time to collect myself after a meltdown. She shows me she understands autism. When my teacher doesn't try to fix me because I'm definitely not broken, um, she yeah. shows me she understands autism. Um, a bunch of things like that. And then at the end, it says, when my teacher understands autism, she shows me she understands me. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So Yeah, yeah. So, because I just wanted to um, show different ways that teachers can show that they understand through simple things that they do. When my teacher, you know, doesn't yell at me for staring out the window, um, yeah. she shows me she understands because I had discovered early on that my son can't simultaneously process visual input and audio input. So when the teacher's talking, he can't look right at her because then he'll, he's distracted by looking at her mouth moving Mm -hmm. and her, you know, whatever. So in order to really 
um, take in and learn what is being spoken, it's more helpful to him to look elsewhere, to look at the ceiling or to look out the window. And when I finally, when that finally dawned on me and I presented it to the teacher, she's like, oh, my gosh, thank you, you know, because yeah. teachers have been yelling at him for, you know, hey, Drew, you know, stop staring out the window or stop, you know, are, are you on the moon right now? Where are you? Come back. And he yeah. was paying attention. He just can't do both. And Drew's not the only one. Um, there's tons of kids yeah. who can't simultaneously, you know, process that way. So anyway, the the book um, serves to um, make teachers aware of some simple things they can do um, to show kids that that they understand autism. Um, and that's so getting back to your question about the shared experience, um, Drew is currently working on a presentation for our group to, Mm -hmm. um, to talk to families and, you know, teens and young adults about the struggles he had when he was younger and how he overcame them, um, or, is working to overcome them. And because a lot of the kids in our group like to, I don't want to sound too boastful, but like to look at Drew as like, well, well, Drew can do that. So I bet, I bet my kid could, or, you know, I could have hopes for my kid to do that because I always, um, when I, talk to parents, I say, well, my kids struggled with this and, you know, it took, things don't, changes don't occur overnight. And it's like, well, we worked on this. We've worked on this for years or we've worked on this for decades. And, and now, you know, we're, we're kind of at a good place. And so Drew has told me that he wants to put together, you know, like a a PowerPoint or a presentation, whatever. He just, so wants to share his story, and I think that's pretty neat. So, does that answer your question, or did I hop no, around? No, absolutely. No, no. Hey, look, the hopping around. You know, I, I think this is the beauty of it all of of what we're talking about. It's like hopping around is to me is kind of part of of it all. Like, yeah. we our kids are going to hop around. We as parents hop around, and and I think that's <laughs> you know, kids with autism, parents in general. It's uh, it it's just nothing is uh truly linear and and i i feel like a lot of times like whether this be kind of uh, i've had this conversation with parents i've i've talked to other professionals about this you know as much as we want to say let's develop a, a a treatment plan and it'll go from a to z and and treat everything or parents will be like okay you know this is the the plan i have we're going to go from here to here to here to here you know that that that's not life, and and I feel like <laughs> you, know, you get we get all these curveballs and stuff happens, and you know the 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 average person out there, regardless of any diagnosis or any condition, no one is perfectly balanced. You know, it's uh, people right. have more skills right. in one area than others, and, and I, I I think you know as we as we talk about just shared experiences like that. That is kind of the thing that that I know I'm taking away more and more as a professional, and and then you know on a personal level more and more just as a a parent with a 
with a three-year-old is <laughs> that, you know, nothing is, it, it doesn't go the way it's supposed to. It just, it just goes. And there's always um, and, and, absolutely. <laughs> and, and being able to share that with somebody, you know, again, as I said, as we said before, like, you know, I've got my friend and we have a beer every Sunday. And, and that is like, it is, it is crazy how therapeutic that is. And it's sure. that, it's that moment that like, you know, people assume kids with autism don't have an interest in social skills, but uh, I'm sure you've probably experienced the same thing I have. Some of the most social people I've ever met have a diagnosis of autism. Uh, so that's not true. And so people need to see that and other people with autism need to see that. And it's, it's just by having these shared connectedness together, um, it it just seems like there's such an impact and and just for me talking to you it's like there's not that many options for this like this seems less common to find than some of the therapies we're talking about um because i don't know of that many groups like yours i don't know of that many organizations like autism resource mom you know i i can think of more uh, ABA providers off the top of my head in Orange <laughs> yeah. County that I can think of groups like yours, and that's and that's kind of a little sad. Like that, you know, it's a little sad that that yeah. that that's the case. It it is because, and I mean, that's our point of differentiation for sure. Yeah, because um, we're we're not um, you know walking around in white lab coats, but um, we're looking for the the practical things because once our kids leave, you know, the ABA therapy or the therapeutic setting, we have to go live our lives. And um, it, mm-hmm. I, I remember always being looking for opportunities um, for a short time in my son's life, he he got social skills through school, and then for some ridiculous reason, that was stopped. And you know, I would go to IEPs and and say, look at the fallout from from ending this program that helped him, you know, practically in, in a practical sense learn these skills which are so um so needed and Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was funding or what but um when when he was like in well grade school definitely and and middle school the urgent and unmet need in his life at that time was um was social skills opportunities and they didn't exist um, Drew Drew went through the the peers program, um, the UCLA peers program that helps with social skills. And yep. one of the things that uh, one of the requirements toward the end of the 14 week course is that the child, uh, the the teen, join. Um, I think it was two groups. So he had to. Okay. It was a requirement. He had to go join two groups. Well, I did an exhaustive search for groups that met his interest level. Okay, it had to be something that he was interested in and ability level. And I could not find anything. 
Now, my son was involved in school. So in, in school, mm-hmm. he was in marching band and things like that in the movie club. But that didn't count. It had to be outside of that. So there was nothing. So that's when I officially, you know, started the organization because I said I have to have something for him to join. So um, this this was the impetus, you know, um, for officially hanging, yeah. you know, the shingle for Autism Resource Month. And, and then it provided the same for other families who were looking for the same thing. And, you know, one of our families says, gee, you know, my son puts two things on his calendar each month, teen night and um, his therapy session with his, his and it's like okay i'm glad i rate up there you know and not not i'm glad we we rate and yeah um, you know it's and then the routine of course um i i Mm -hmm. totally understand that and they like it to be the same day you know the same place and we can provide that continuity continuum of you know sameness for them and they start yeah. feeling safe. They start feeling um, included. You know, the whole inclusion thing is important to me because um, our experience throughout, you know, our son's childhood has been one of exclusion. And we don't like to turn anyone away because mm-hmm. I, I, know, I know that feeling of being left yeah. out. So, so we include everyone. People will come to me and say, well, you know, my son is not just autistic, but, you know, he's in a wheelchair or he's got this or that. And I say, come one, come all. You know, nobody's checking diagnoses at the door. Um, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're interested in our group, please come. Well, we've been we've been chatting away here, and we're actually uh, out of time. Um, you know, okay. It, it's been great talking to you. Um, be, before we go, though, I want to make sure we, we give some information out again. So I know before I said, the, uh, again, the website is autismresourcemom.org. Um, yes. Are there other ways for people to kind of learn more about the organization, find out what, what you guys are up to, um, or is the website the best the best place? The website is good. We're, we also have a Facebook page. Um, and our meetup group, the meetup group is SoCal, one word, S-O-C-A-L, Spectrum of Social Events from Autism Resource Mom. That's, that's our meetup site, but probably the website is the, the best way to, to learn about us, and then there's links to those other um, places from there. Well, it was so great talking to you. I know that I'm, I'm, as much as I've loved our conversation, I'm probably most excited because now that I've gotten to talk to you, I, I feel like I have a new resource to to provide to families in Orange County. So um, this has awesome. just been wonderful. I, I just It's been great to have you here. Well, Rob, thank you so much, and um, look forward to meeting you sometime. All right. You know, after having this great conversation with Deborah, I, I feel like there's um, you know, a, a theme we kept coming back to, and you guys have heard me say it before uh, during the show, is just this, this idea of personal connections, being able to connect with another person who, 
who understands what you're going through. And, you know, we, we talked about it in a few different ways. And it's just it, – it, it's something that I just feel like as, as a professional out there, like I, I find myself losing sight of it. But it, it's just so critical. And I, and, I, and I think a lot of a lot of you out there probably do at times too. You know, but just how valuable it is to be able to – be going through an experience and have someone else who understands it, not just someone who's going through it themselves in that moment, but the value of someone who's understood where you've been and maybe now they're 10 years in the future, 20 years in the future. You know, I, I can only imagine learning your child has autism, all the emotions that, that someone goes through, but how much more comforting would be to sit and talk to Deborah, to be able to say, hey, um, what was it like when Drew was diagnosed? And now to get a chance to see where Drew is and what he's accomplished and, and ultimately get a little bit of a roadmap. Like anytime I'm in a stressful situation, I feel like those are the types of things that help bring me back at ease. Um, and, and there's so many points at you know, a child's life that we face these crossroads. It, it's the, the point of diagnosis. It's first year in school, transition to high school. Um, and, and one one major milestone that I've heard time and time again, um, particularly from my friend who I, who I spoke of earlier, was um, my child is now an adult. My child has graduated school. There is no more school. He's an adult. He's trying to live by himself. How do I let go? and let him be an adult and not be this uh, hero mom that I've had to be for the last 21 years. Um, and all of these are critical milestones, and we all go through them you know, at different points in time as parents, and, and some of these milestones are even more impactful um, as a parent with a child with autism. And I think having that guide um, that, that the warm voice, the, the friendly ear to just help. Um, I, I just I don't we can put a value on that. And as uh, as we think about resources, uh, as I said to Deborah, I feel like there's a shortage of that across across the country. I know there's a shortage of them here in my community. Um, so it's just so great to to hear more about different groups like this. And um, again, as I said at the top of the show, w- one person kind of got the whole thing started. Um, so I hope you guys have a great week. It, w- it was great having you back, um, as always. Um, looking forward to talking to you guys again next time. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. This podcast is brought to you by the Learn AST Provider Network. You can listen to previous episodes at allautismtalk.com, on iTunes, and on Apple Podcasts. All Autism Talk. Connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.